0: After fifteen minutes of erratic driving and careful, square breathing, I reached the outskirts of Ridgedale and the lovely stretch of shops that included the Ridgedale Reader Offices. The parking lot was nearly empty as I pulled in. The stores, the Knitwit Knitting Shop, Ridgedale Antiques, and the Peter and Naftali Gallery, starting to open for the day. I was parking when my phone buzzed with a text. Tell me you have purple sweatpants. It was Stella. Her son, Will, was a plum in the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Shit, Ella's leaf green clothes. I'd even bought special lime-colored leggings for the occasion. I tapped Stella's message closed and wrote one to Justin. Bring green clothes. On counter. Kiss hug, kiss hug. My phone vibrated right back in my hand, startling me. On it. There was a picture, too. A selfie of Justin and Ella already in her green outfit, flashing a thumbs up and a huge beaming grin. I shouldn't have underestimated Justin. Sometimes I forgot how much he'd taken care of Ella by himself in the past two years. After I lost the baby, Justin had taken a month's leave from his adjunct position at Columbia. His mother also came for the first couple of weeks to help. And thank God, because in those early days, Justin had to focus on holding me as I cried and cried. Once Justin's mother was gone and I was a bit better, he took over Ella's care. Despite never having been much of a hands-on dad before, with ease and not a single complaint, Justin brushed Ella's hair and cuddled with her, gave her long, silly baths. He paid all the bills, dealt with our car being towed, did endless laundry, and cooked all our meals as though the key to our survival lay in his successful completion of household chores. In between, he kept on holding me as much as he could. He didn't go back to work until he was sure I'd be okay getting myself and Ella through the day. I did get there by week six, but I couldn't possibly have returned to work at the National Advocates for Pregnant Women. No matter how much I had loved that job, I could never again have spent all day talking about pregnancy. I closed Justin's message and returned to Stella's. No purple sweats. Sorry, I wrote back. Shit, I totally forgot. Me too. It was typical of Stella to forget the sweatpants. She always forgot things. And to think that someone else might have some lying around. Luckily, she didn't wear her maternal shortcomings like a badge of honor. Growing up as I had, I was always irked by that but Stella wasn't embarrassed by her imperfections either. A gorgeous former stockbroker, five years my senior, Mud who looked much younger. Stella hadn't returned to work after the layman crash had left her unemployed. Instead, she'd gotten pregnant with her son, Will, now five. Her older son, Aidan, was a junior in high school. Shortly before Will was born, Stella's husband, Kevin, had dropped 30 pounds, rented a glossy pied-a-terre in Chelsea, and found a 27-year-old yoga instructor for a girlfriend. Stella and Kevin had divorced not long after, when Will was six months old. According to Stella, Kevin had wanted out so badly that he'd acceded to even her most absurd financial demands. He was on his third girlfriend, Zumba this time, and visiting the boys only on occasional weekends. Maybe that was why Aiden was struggling so much. Recently kicked out of St. Paul's, the area's most prestigious private school, he'd quickly found trouble at Ridgedale High School. He'd been suspended twice already. Still, I liked Aiden, probably because he shared Stella's outsized spirit. And take no bullshit bluntness. Fuck, Will is going to kill me. My phone rang then, startling me. Eric Shinese. I was about to call you, I lied. It was amazing how calm and authoritative I sounded, especially considering how I'd rushed away from the creek in a panic. I'm just stepping into the office now. Didn't mean to jump on you, but I'll be unreachable for a bit.